What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Something About Sports podcast. This is your host once again, Leon Edwards. I want to thank you guys for, for listening in to another episode. This is going to be episode 12.5. going to get into some stuff around the KC area, at least my teams and things like that. It'll be a little bit different on this episode. Hopefully we can keep it fairly short, but you know how that goes whenever I say that, but it'll be a little different. So the first thing I want to talk about, and this is kind of already part of why I'm saying this episode is going to be a little bit different, is the the World Cup bid for Kansas City. So Kansas City has FIFA officials in town this weekend. There happens to be a international friendly game between the USA and Korea at Children's Mercy Park. And you got FIFA officials in town. Pretty much Kansas City is putting in a bid to host the the FIFA World Cup in 2026, which will be an insanely good thing for the city. It will bring international attention to Kansas City. As a lot of you guys that listen to this know, soccer is the most popular sport in the world outside of North America. And the World Cup is um, one of the biggest stages in the world in soccer. So having that in Kansas City and kind of putting the microscope on Kansas City will be something that's great. I think Kansas City will be a great destination for it. We have a great uh, sports culture overall. We have a great culture in, in sport in Kansas City. I know I don't really cover sport in Kansas City on the podcast, but I try to be as as prepared as possible to talk about a lot of the stuff that I talk about. And I just don't consistently enough follow sport in Kansas City. And that's not to say that I don't love the team and that it's not a team that I root for. I actually really do enjoy sport in Kansas City. I enjoy the experience of going. I think that is one of the more consistent. That's what that's pretty much since they've been sporting Kansas City, I guess. I'm not even one of the more. They've been the most consistent franchise in the city. The Chiefs, of course, since Andy Reid got here, have also been very consistently winning. Sporting Kansas City is the same way. The, the, that team has been very consistent. They've been winning at the highest level as far as winning an MLS Cup, hosting international events. The, the team is always in the thick of it in the MLS, which is something else that gives an advantage here to Kansas City. And we just have great fans. Sporting Kansas City is, I would say, one of the better places to watch sports I've been to overall, not even just for soccer. I actually got a chance to intern there back in 2013 when the team won the MLS Cup. So I got a chance to go to a lot of the games, got a chance to go to a couple of international friendlies as well and see the cup games and the excitement of the fans, the loyalty of the fans. No matter who's coming in, the fans are showing up. It's going to be a good atmosphere. They're going to have a good time. And then the location of the park is just unmatched. I mean, you talk about hosting events there where you've got the legends around, you got the speedway around. There's just so many things to do in that area. And then you're still in the Kansas City metro where everything's pretty close anyway. So that's a, an experience that I think will be great. There was a couple stipulations I saw that could kind of be things that they'll have to work to work out to make it work here in Kansas City. Things like public transportation. There has to be public transportation for everybody to the venues. I think they're planning to host a lot of the stuff at Arrowhead and Children's Mercy Park, of course, will be a place where I think teams will prepare. You will probably have some kind of game situations there as well. But I guess I'm, I just want to I just want to say that I think that's something that's great. And sports fans in Kansas City should be looking out for that. We should be vying to get it and we should be showing up if it does come here. I think that's something that it only comes around once in a lifetime for a situation like that. It's almost like having the Olympics here, but kind of just in a different realm of soccer. But with soccer being as popular as it is worldwide and the attention 
that that event will get, it'll be a very similar type of feel to Kansas City. So I think that's something that I just wanted to touch on. I know I don't cover soccer on here. I do follow sporting a little bit, but just don't follow them enough. After I interned there, I kind of fell off a little bit. And then I, I actually did see that a guy I went to, I finished college with, Amer Didich. He actually went to Sporting Kansas City for a little while during a, a CONCACAF Champions Cup, I believe it was, or Champions League, sorry. I'm pretty sure he played in that in sometime in round 2015, 2016. Well, probably had to be been 2016. I, I finished college, finished in 2015. So yeah, probably like 2016 or 2017 or something. And so that kind of Got me back in a little bit. I got a chance to watch him. I thought that was cool. I was sitting in classes with him and stuff. So that was something that was pretty cool. And then just also following him, them being successful. Now I actually live in the area again. I live on the Kansas side and not too far from the, from the stadium. So I'll be able to get back in and support them, get out there and see that, that team play and all of that. So I just wanted to kind of put in my two cents on that. I think that, uh, I think that would be something that'd be special for Kansas City and, and really give Kansas City some attention that it's, it's been deserving for a while as a sports town. Kansas City is a very underrated sports town. If you go to a lot of different places that you think have loyal fans, it's not the same as Kansas City, especially with the suffering that our teams have put us through over the years. So it's something that I think Kansas City would deserve as well and some well-deserved attention. All right. So another thing that I say that'll be different is that I want to, I just want to do a quick check in on KU football. I am a KU football fan. I haven't talked about him on the podcast since the season started. I talked about him a little bit in the off season, but it's just, it's, it's rough being a, a Kansas football fan right now. Those of you guys that follow, but there's a new regime here. There's some cause for optimism. The team still is not looking good at all in the midst of a five game losing streak right now. Not that competitive in most of the games and more of the same as far as the results of the games. But I just kind of wanted to do a check in, give my two cents on what I'm thinking about the staff, what it looks like they're doing and how I feel about them and how I feel things will go in the future. So I think that I think the Lance Leipold and his staff, they seem like at least the team for the job of bringing this team out of just the abyss, like the absolute bottom of the bottom right now. That's what KU is in football for as far as a power five school is concerned. They seem like the right people for the job. They're instilling a culture here. The guys play hard. They seem like they're trying to establish an identity as far as the way they play on the field. I think that also adds kind of the painfulness of watching the team play just because I think right now, the system that they want to run and the philosophies that they want to instill, I don't know that they fully match up with what the strengths of the personnel are on the team. And so I think that's clashing. But for a program like Kansas, where you pretty much it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that you're not going to compete a lot this year. I think with the talent on the team being a little bit better than it has been in the last couple of years, not exponentially, I think you probably could compete a little better in some of these games if you were to kind of use these players in different ways. But right now, what's more important is them installing the culture, make getting the, the younger guys bought into what they want to do, molding the program in the form that they want it to be. It's not really necessarily about the product on the field yet as far as wins and losses and the scores of games. So I think that's resulting in some worse football than we probably have to see. 
But I think that it's a good sign going forward. The guys seem to be bought in. They're playing on a game. Even when they're getting blown out, they're giving their all. They seem like they, they like playing for these coaches. They seem like they want to play hard for them. The six guys that came from Buffalo probably have helped some of these guys buy in a little bit better. But even just as far as the coaching staff, some small things that for me point to then probably being the guys for the job is that I completely think they chose the right quarterback. Jason Bean hasn't looked like a great player at all this season. He's looked okay at times and in the right situations. And I think the offense that we're trying to run, I think that that offense doesn't really fully suit his skill set. I think if you were to get him running the football a little bit more and getting him out in space a little bit more, you probably see him having a little bit better impact on the game, but he looks like one of the better athletes on the field anytime he's out there. And he's definitely right now the best quarterback on the roster. And so I think they picked the right guy for that. You've kind of seen them make subtle changes when guys are out playing other guys. I feel like Devin Neal was kind of starting to phase Velton Garner out a little bit. Velton Garner just didn't fit what Lance Leipold and this staff wanted to do offensively in the way that they like to structure their running game. It didn't fit. And you can see that early and they started to give Devin Neal more opportunities. They started to get Devin Neal involved more and Velton Gardner did end up entering the transfer portal. So now it's pretty much all Devin Neal. And I think he's going to fit what they want to do. I do think that you see them making some good decisions. I probably would like to see him spread it out a little bit more. You got guys like Trevor Wilson and Lawrence Arnold. And Kwame Lasseter, who's got good speed, Tory Lachlan showing some signs. Like these guys are showing signs that they can make plays. So for a team that was trying to win, you're probably getting Jason Bean outside of the pocket, running him a lot more, getting the ball in the hands of some of these guys. But you're seeing them trying to establish right now what they are going to try to be doing with this program in the future. You're just you're getting signs this year that it's not going to happen overnight. It's not even going to happen in a couple of years, but you can see them in a few years getting some players in to fit what they want to do and being able to instill that if that culture is there. And they're, they're laying the roots right now and you can see them. I think that as far as Kansas football is concerned, I think the right guy is there. They won't be fun to watch for a while. Um, until they can, like I said, get get some more players that fit what they want to do. But it's fun to at least watch the ground be laid. You can see the ground being laid. The guys are actually playing. They're not giving up at the end of games, which we've seen happen a lot of times. You're not getting mass exoduses off the team. A lot of guys leaving. Guys are sticking around. Guys are wanting to, to give it a go. So I think the the positive signs are there. And that's kind of what you have to look for. You're not going to get those on the field. Okay, you're not really going to win a lot of games and not even really be competitive in a lot of games at this point. So you're not going to get those on the field. So you have to look elsewhere for those types of things. Just wanted to give, you know, my quick two cents on KU football and and what I thought about KU football right now. And that's what I got. Like I said, this podcast is going a little bit differently than the normal 0.5 episodes. I hop into some royal stuff. On the next one, there's a couple of things I want to talk about. I'll get into the ballpark downtown. I'll get into what the cheat, what the Royals, excuse me, got back in the Danny Duffy trade and things like that. I'll look into, I'll analyze that stuff a little bit more on 13.5. But the last thing I wanted to hop into on this episode is KU basketball. I wanted to talk about some of the stuff going on around KU basketball. Basketball season is approaching surely, slowly, but surely. But before we know it, 
okay, you'll be playing basketball again and, and Kansas will be relevant <laughs> in the national sports sphere because right now Kansas football is so bad you don't really want them to be relevant. And if they are relevant, it's pretty much just for how bad they are. So KU basketball is coming, ready to see this team start playing. It's looking like it'll be the deepest team that KU's had in a while. And the things I want to talk about today are just a couple of preseason things and stuff like that. Remy Martin was named the, the preseason Big 12 player of the year, which kind of surprised me. I felt like a, a player from KU would win it. I just didn't know they would give it to a newcomer just just coming into the to the league. So that did surprise me. And that's not to say I don't think Remy Martin will be really good. I just thought that David McCormick, with kind of what he showed down the stretch of the season last year, him being a year older and I just thought that he'd have a chance to maybe get some votes and get there. Now, him and Ochai Baji did join Remy Martin on the preseason first team on Big 12. But I guess if I would have made a prediction, I probably would have picked McCormick. Not mad about Remy Martin getting it, though. I think he's going to be awesome for KU this year. I don't know if he ends up scoring more than David McCormick, though. I think he's going to take to heart what he heard from the from the NBA draft process that, that he needs to show his his prowess as a passer a little bit more. And I think with a guy like David McCormick, who'll be able to dominate most nights in the post with the array of moves he has and, and the way he can he can body guys up down there, I think he'll he'll easily take some of those easy dump offs. So I do think that it was pretty cool though that a KU player won that award for preseason in that Three of those guys made the first team. I think all of those guys are deserving of at least that conversation. So all three of them getting up there, I thought was cool. KU also was picked the preseason number one team in the Big 12 as well, which not a, not a big surprise at all. Texas, I think, will be a good challenge. Baylor's always going to be good. But KU right now, as far as it makes a talent and experience, KU's looking like one of the better teams in the country, which I believe KU started off number three in the preseason poll this year. So another high start. You probably don't stick around there all year. You're going to lose some games. KU's got a pretty tough schedule, but KU's looking like a top five team in the country on paper. You just got to see if those guys will go out there and execute the way that you that you know they can. So you want to see if they do that. The last thing I want to talk about for KU is just the recruiting. With everything going on with the NCAA, the violations that have been levied against the program and the investigation into the program, there was kind of a, a conversation about if that stuff was was affecting the recruiting scene for Kansas. And I think I think I, I even kind of started to believe it a little bit. There was a couple years in a row you weren't getting a whole lot of marquee players. You were losing out on a lot of the guys you were you were coming down with. But this class of 2022 is kind of starting to turn that around. KU right now has the number three class in the country after the commitment of Ernest Uday, who he just committed this week. Uday joins a class, the number three class of Zuby, Gia4, Grady Dick, and MJ Rice. All of these guys are wings slash big type players. Seem like KU is kind of taking the positionless route on this class because these guys can probably all somewhere slot between three, four, and five. And you're going to see Bill Self use them in, in different ways and things like that. But I think the bigger story coming out of this is just the fact that Kansas is right back in the thick of things from a recruiting standpoint. I think there was a little bit of fear that that Kansas was kind of falling behind in that in that regard because the NCAA had been dragging their feet so much on this investigation. 
I think there was some fear that KU's recruiting will slip until something came out. But we're kind of starting to see it turn back around now. And Kansas is starting to be in the conversation for a lot of top players, be one of the last schools for a lot of top players and starting to land some of these guys. And I think that that's that's a big deal. And that's something that, you know, with everything that's been kind of clouding over the program for a little while, it's something that just gives you a little bit more validation that, you know, giving Bill Self the lifetime contract was a good was a good idea and that this program was going to come out on the other side of this and still be able to continue the success we've been seeing them have under Bill Self since he's been in Kansas. So being able to get back to recruiting at a level like this, I think is awesome, especially on the heels of this team that he's put together. You're going to have some experience on that team. You're going to have some really good players left over from this team to integrate next year as well. So I'm a couple of those guys I actually wanted to highlight anyway, because Bill Self, when he was talking this week, he talked about Christian Brown and Dewan Harris being the most improved players and the most consistent players so far since KU started practicing. He's been raving about Dewan Harris ever since they got back on campus. Christian Brown now has joined that conversation. And I think that both of those guys are are guys that throughout the, the offseason, as, as things were developing with the roster and, and things were changing around them, a lot of people started to disregard them or or think that they may fall out of the rotation. Some people thought Christian Brown would fall out of the starting lineup. People were kind of counting them out for for this year's team. And, and I always thought Bill Self, for one, he, he values those guys a lot. He values guys that have been in the program, that play hard, that do what he asked of them. Both of those guys, I feel like, fall under that category. But also, they're, they're both good players. They've, they've proven it in games. So I feel like there would have had to be some drastic changes to the roster for those guys to just fall completely out of grace. Now, could I have seen a scenario where Christian Brown maybe wasn't a starting player on this team? I could see it, but if I had to put my money on it, I would bet on him being a starter because he's been a starter now at Kansas. This will be him going into his second year as a full-time starter. He plays significant minutes as a freshman and had big moments as a freshman as well, though. So I feel like these guys are guys that they're those traditional Kansas guys. Bill Self doesn't always have a whole lot of guys that leave early for the NFL. He has a good mix of guys who leave or the NBA, excuse me. He has a good mix of guys who leave and people who stick around. And these are just two of those guys. They've stuck around and they're going to continue to get better as as time passes. DeJuan Harris is actually he's going to go be going into his redshirt sophomore year. So he's been on the on campus for three years. He just redshirted his first year. These are guys that they're going to be going into this season, another year older, another year uh, more developed. And that's one thing that Kansas does is that when guys stick around the program, they get better. They're going to continue to get better. Both of them already had unique skill sets and they're going to be big time contributors for this team. They're part of the reason why this team is preseason ranked number three. So I'm excited to see how what that improvement brings from a production standpoint and the consistency brings from a production standpoint. I'm ready to see that as well. So as far as this 12.5 episode, I kind of flew through that stuff and I wasn't really trying to rush, but I guess I didn't have as much to say about it as I thought I did. <laughs> but anyway, I'll probably get it through some Royals in here, but I'll go ahead and, and leave it at this. You guys don't get episodes this short from me very often, so I'll go ahead and leave it where it is. Thank you guys for listening, um, getting my two cents on, on what's going on around KC, kind of in a different way than normal, but still appreciate you guys for listening. You guys know where to find me. SA Sports underscore podcast on Instagram, SA Sports 913 on Twitter. 
something about sports podcast on YouTube, SA Sports 913 at Gmail. And like I said on the last podcast, please rate and review the podcast if you get a chance uh, wherever you listen to it. It's up in a lot of different places. Rate and review it. Give me what you feel like I deserve. I hope that's five stars if you're listening, but give me what you feel like I deserve. Reach out to me with questions. Reach out to me with suggestions, things like that, things you want to hear me talk about. And um, I appreciate you guys for for sticking it out. I'm going to be coming right back with a preview for the Chiefs game versus the Titans. Um, That's why I didn't do the Chiefs in this episode. I'll just cover There's a couple other storylines outside of the game that I want to talk about and a couple things to kind of wrap up from the last game as well after after rewatching it. I'll go ahead and get into those in the in the preview for the Titans game. So thank you guys for listening. And until next time.